Okay, welcome to the fourth episode of 21st Century Boys. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And we are going to pause for a second, even though we just got started, because we're going to bring in a special guest. Hold right on. Okay, so we are here with Henry Crawford. He is a member of the Iowa Crawfords, and we were going to ask him a little bit about what he's been reading lately. So I know you had been reading JoJo's, but you're not reading JoJo's right now? Yeah, I'm not reading JoJo's right now. So what is the comics or manga that you're reading right now? I'm reading Bulbabo. Okay. Anything else? Um, it's about this dude with nose hairs. He's got nose hairs? Yeah. Okay. And what does he do with his nose hairs? He attacks people with them, the bad guys. Okay. So he's like the good guy? Yeah. Okay. And is there anything else you're reading? Um, I'm reading Pets. It's about recycling. That's cool. Yeah. So, what is Pet exactly? Like, is he the main character? Um, kind of. Pet has, like, this, has this person that, um, he, like, helps. Okay. When he is in trouble. And, um, Pet is, like, a juice box or something. <laughs> cool. So, they made a, a character out of a juice box to tell you about recycling. Yeah. Nice. And last thing I'll ask you before you head out today, what is your favorite comic or manga? My favorite comic or manga is probably Boba Nice. So, very good. You're reading your favorite thing right now. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today, Henry. Bye. Awesome. So, that was my youngest. That's Henry. And uh, now that he's told us a little bit about what he's uh, been reading lately, we're, of course, going to talk about what we're reading right now. So, Jack's going to start off, and Jack, what was the first thing you think you've read in the last, I think it's been about three weeks since we've recorded. Yeah, um, the first thing I read was Chibi Usagi. It's like a spinoff of Usagi of Jimbo. It's like a Teen Titans Go and then Teen Titans. Sure. I thought it was pretty good. It's like, um, like what I said, my main gripe is that besides the three main characters, none of the other characters are actually from the original comic. Oh, okay. And I would have thought it was cool if they had, like, other characters, but they didn't. I but gotcha. that's fine. So, um, who were the ones they used other than Usagi? Did they use, like, the rhino guy? Yeah, they used the rhino and the cat. Oh, okay. I don't remember their names. But, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good read. I, I think... From what I remember, it was just Stan Sakai's family just messing around. Well, that's just cool. making a comic for fun. Uh, it's a pretty good read, but it's mainly for um, younger kids. Okay. Especially, yeah. Very cool. Uh, one thing that we both read was uh, Devil Man by Go Nagai. Mm -hmm. uh, we finished off, that was a two volume set from Seven Seas, and so we finished off Devil Man Classics uh, Volume 2. Um, this one starts off again with another time travel episode where uh, he ends up being in a tribe of Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And it's really weird. So, like, everyone knows... Well, that's a big assumption. A lot of people know the story of General Custer and the Battle of Little Bighorn. So, basically, the gist of it was, like, the infantry was possessed by demons yeah <laughs> and so they did these really atrocious acts to the native american tribe and so devil man actually came and um was the one who like wiped out custer and his men and it had nothing to do with the native <laughs> americans so that was pretty weird um and there was like this weird beach chapter do you remember yeah. that like uh -huh. they're down at the beach and it i don't know it's just really <laughs> bizarre 
And then, like, there's the big thing, and um, what makes this volume so special is the final confrontation between demons and humans, and it becomes this whole thing about who is possessed, who's not, who's a human, who's a possessed demon, and the whole earth is kind of being taken over by demons, and people just start turning on each other, and mm-hmm. gets really violent, and we lose a lot of main characters in this last couple of uh, chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I would say, I don't want to spoil the twist ending. It's definitely worth reading. If you have any interest in Devil Man, this is one you should seek out. Uh, we were able to read it through one of the lending libraries. So if you can't or don't want to spend the money on it, uh, it's a good one to pick up from a library. But I would, I would say very dark. I recommend it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I liked it a lot more than the first volume, actually. I right. felt that the story in general was a bit more consistently good. Uh, sure. And the ending, I think, was the best of Devil Man. Like, I think that was the most I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was that was very much one I would I would recommend to people uh, interested in good Japanese comics. So, Jack, how about a, another one that you've read recently? I recently read the Sonic 30th Anniversary comic. Now, this one is made by IDW. And I'm used to reading the RC ones. This right. was my first um, IDW one. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty good. It's just a bunch of little mini stories about Sonic. I enjoyed it. I'd say this is probably, again, for younger kids. I think the RC ones were a little bit better. But I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Archie definitely had the benefit of having been done for many, many years. I, I don't remember how many issues it hit, but it was it had to have been in like the two hundreds or plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was that was a good time. I know when you were little that was one of the things we would pick up. Because you know, everybody talked about death of newsstand comics and you know, they really are gone now, but when you were little, you could actually still get comics at Books a Million off the newspaper racks. Uh-huh. And that was one of the ones we would get would be the Sonic issues. Yeah. So I remember that was a lot of fun. That was, as I say, fun times. Uh-huh. Um, one I read, and this is an author, it seems like we can't go an episode without talking about, and that was Pineapple Army. Uh, it was by Kazuyu Kud. I have no idea if I pronounce that right. And our favorite artist, Naoki Urasawa. Urasawa, excuse me. Um, so this is an interesting one. Like I said, Urasawa really only illustrated it. So kind of like, was it Master Keaton? Yeah, Master Keaton. He's the artist. He is not the writer. Uh, it's 10-issue run by Viz. I picked those up on mycomicshop.com used, obviously, because this is something that I don't... If it's been collected in digest or uh, collected form, it's a long time ago. It's not something that's in print currently. But um, Jed Goshi is a former military guy, and he takes on cases where he trains people for money. And the name Pineapple comes from, you know, the way grenades look. So he's basically training these people to fight for themselves, and it spends a lot of time focusing on how he was affected by his time in Vietnam, and, you know, how he's got a heart of gold. So even though he's training people to look out for themselves, he actually ends up being the person who gets involved and ends up helping them, uh, especially if it's a case where he feels it's righteous or, or moral. He tries not to work with gangsters. He tries to work for people who are potentially working against systems where they're being oppressed or what have you. 
Um, I really liked it. I would say if you can find it cheap, which I don't see why you shouldn't be able to find it cheap. I don't think there's any great regard. Uh, well, I won't say regard. I don't think there's any great demand for this. So it's if you find it in a dollar bin or at your comic store or where you buy manga, because I know there's a really cool one we go to every once in a while in Missouri where they have the the single issues of manga in kind of like just a comic bin box. But um, I would say pick it up and give it a shot and see what you think. Okay. Yeah, recently I also read Akira. Uh, nice. It was quite good. I watched the movie a little bit before this in theaters for like the anniversary. Right, yep. I did really like it. The only thing, like my problem, was that it could feel kind of long and dragging sometimes. Sure. Especially Volume 3. Um, one of the highlights of the series is Tetsuo. And it's kind of boring without him, especially. Or like him or Akira when there's no like forces coming. And... He was not in a full, like, 400-page volume. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And this is six volumes? Yeah, six volumes. Okay. And that was probably the part where, like, most wanted to just, like, stop. But after that, like, it's really good. It's Hetsuo's in the whole thing, and it's very consistent after that. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, think I initially read that from the library many many years ago and i have not revisited other than maybe a volume or two that i've picked up it's one of those i keep meaning to pick up but unfortunately it's not very cheap it yeah. tends to be i don't know 25 30 bucks a volume so it's one i would like to finish collecting at some point but so is that a we would recommend that one you think or yeah okay cool Here's one I am not going to recommend. Um, I'm done with this one. So uh, I just read volume six of Blood on the Tracks by Shuzu Oshimi, and that's from Vertical. Uh, so the whole premise of this is kind of this kid who's being manipulated by his mom. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm at the point where it's gotten, <laughs> you thought maybe they are going to back off a little, but it's gotten kind of weird and uncomfortable again um so the book bulk of this book is his mom gaslighting him and convincing him that the boy who they saw pushed off the cliff by the mom in the first volume was actually the little boy falling on his own when she doesn't appreciate the way he reacts to her she actually like throws him out in the rain and leaves him just to like fend for himself and we're talking about a young kid you know he might be like 10 or 11 years old um in order to come back in the house he makes her uh makes him say that he hates his girlfriend and that he hates his dad and that he only loves mommy and it's just really kind of too toxic for me at this point um like i say there's gaslighting there's just weird overtones between the mom and the kid and the only thing is the kid who got pushed off the cliff in the very first uh, volume is finally waking up on the last page. So I am curious to be like, hey, it was your mom that pushed me off the cliff, which we know it was. But I want him to say it in front of all the families, but not enough for me to spend another time with a volume. So this is going to be my one big skip it of uh, this go round. Do not spend time with blood on the tracks. I'm unless you're just into like weird mom kid relationships, I'm out. Okay. So one I recently read is Flowers of Evil. It is made by the same creator of A Blood on the Tracks. True. Uh and it follows a student that one day like 
I don't know, it's just self-instinct, but he steals another person's clothes. Okay. Uh, and then one of the students finds out about this and manipulates him and pushes him to his limit. It's written by the same person, like I said. I think it's a lot better, though, just from what I've read. Uh, It's very weird, and it follows the topics of perversion, manipulation, and being attached to people that you don't like. It's very um, suspenseful. Okay. I um, found myself, like, the edge of my seat or whatever while I was reading it. Uh, But I really enjoyed it. The characters are very well written. This. Um, the art's beautiful, scenario. I'm sure, because yeah. he, 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 even though I didn't care for the topic of blood on the tracks, the art is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scenarios all feel realistic. Uh, it's not for everyone, though, because at certain points, uh, it will make you just hate all the characters or something, sure. or like want to stop. But I think that's what it's supposed to do. It's not for everyone. But I really enjoyed it, and it's one of my favorites. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good stuff about uh, Flowers of Evil. It's just one I've never gotten around to. Um, that was one we got through the library? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, one thing I'm really liking that Marvel is doing these days, they've kind of got these uh, manga-sized volumes of what I would consider their young adult titles. So some of the stuff they've got is Miles Morales, uh, Unstoppable Wasp, Riri, uh, Ironheart, and some of those kind of characters. Anyway, one of the ones I just read was uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Inn. And this is by Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez. And this collects Miles Morales 1 through uh, 12. So when it starts out, Mom is dead and Dad is a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who brought down the Kingpin. Parker and Osborne, Peter, you know, was dead. Now he's back from the dead, as is the Green Goblin. Miles foolishly tells his girlfriend that he is Spider-Man. And this is like the worst decision I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you know, they always have like the great moment where they they tell the loved one that, you know, I'm fill in the blank. Well, this one totally backfires, as you'll find out later on. Because she is actually a part of a family that is led by Hydra. So he couldn't have told a much worse person. Um, we're not sure what happened to Jonah. It looks like he might have been killed by the Green Goblin. And it appears that Osborne and uh, Jonah are dead. The end of it has Hydra and possibly the end of the, multi, uh, the ultimate universe. So I think we all know how that ends because everybody knows that Miles is like in the regular MC uh, universe these days. So not the MCU. Sorry. So used to saying MCU that I mean 616. He's in the 616 universe these days, so obviously the Ultimate Universe didn't make it. But anyway, um, especially if you are a Miles fan, this is a buy it. This was exciting. It had lots of drama. Um, it was a good one. I would pick it up. <laughs> Another story I um, recently read is Inside Mari. It's also made by the same person as Flowers of Evil and Blood on the Tracks. It was probably the most lighthearted work by the author. Uh, it's not very suspenseful, but it's very good. It's just as well written as the other stories. Um, it follows a college dropout switching bodies with a high school girl. Uh, it's very mature, and it handles the topic of switching bodies very well. Okay. It's like your name, but I think it's even better. Uh, the art was very good, but the personalities of the two main characters is where the story really shines. I really like this one. Cool. Well, that's another one I'll need to check out. 
Uh, sticking with Marvel, I've got a couple more in uh, that I did this this go around. One of them is Avengers. This is the new uh, Jason Aaron Ed McGinnis series. Well, it's not new at this point. They've actually been doing it for a while. But it's the most recent Avengers. This is Volume 4, War of the Realms. This was given to us by a friend of the podcast, uh, Mike of Comics in the Golden Age. So thank you very much, Mike. It's kind of a weird one. It's not like thematically story to story to story it's kind of like a lot of different little one-offs uh so the first one is about the squadron supreme of america and it goes through each character and it tells you kind of like the reason they're protecting america during the war of the realms which i don't know if everybody's familiar with but basically uh the realms of asgard come to earth and everybody's having to fight off uh, asgardian monsters trolls giants that sort of thing so basically because these different members of the squadron supreme have been brainwashed the only place they'll protect is america and actually during this they uh chase a, a band of monsters out of america into canada and literally stop at the border so anyway and they've been brainwashed by agent colson who is working for dun 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 i'm not telling uh next issue is number 19 as Gorilla Man's kind of one-off, and basically it's a day in the life for him. It has him meeting up with Ursa Major from uh, the Winter Guard. They meet in a zoo of all places, but I guess if you're a gorilla meeting a bear, that's as good as any place. Um, he gets called away by Black Panther, and he helps save New York by prepping the Celestial and getting all the New Yorkers into the uh, Celestial and... Uh, safely away from New York City, and it turns out he's actually working for Dun 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 as well. Not the same Dun Dun Dun, funnily enough. Uh, 20, She-Hulk no longer. This is the inner turmoil of being Jennifer Walters. What's it like being the She-Hulk? Um, you know, it's interesting now that she's the Hulk, and it, it actually was kind of thought-provoking. I know I was talking to, I think it was Nick Wetmore on Twitter about this one, and what did I think, and looking back on this issue specifically made me think a little more highly of uh, this volume, because it makes you think about what would it be like to be a female superhero, and she talked about how, like, she would get groped by supervillains, how, you know, she was tricked into being photographed nude, and you know, she's happy not to be She-Hulk anymore. She's just the Hulk. And there's this nice little uh, moment with Deadpool because, you know, he kind of took his whole breaking the wall down uh, that was so famous from the John Byrne run of She-Hulk. And why aren't you funny anymore? And she said, I'd rather be free. And I actually really like that issue. And so lastly, uh, issue 21, everyone's in the tub. They're taking a breather. They'd beaten the... Uh, the War of the Realms and one, and they're just chilling out, and there's a nice little Robbie moment, and he says as a ghostwriter, he actually even scares himself. This is one, if you see it on the cheap, or someone gives to you, I'd say grab it. Otherwise, it might be just one you check out from the library, or maybe read on the Marvel app if you have it. Okay. One I recently read is Judge Dredd, The Cursed Earth. It um, is just one of the story arcs um, from Judge Dredd. When I read it, I found it a lot more episodic and, like, to itself than I thought. But after thinking about it more, I uh, thought about how it's in, like, a magazine. Right. When it originally ran, and that made more sense to me. Uh, it follows Judge Dredd going through the world to give out vaccines to the people while going through a bunch of scenarios of bad guys and stuff. I really liked it. 
uh, it's the first thing I've read that is Judge Dredd, so I right. can't really compare it to anything else. But we're for good as a standalone story, and I'd recommend it. And this is the one where um, I know that for years you couldn't actually read the unedited version because I guess it kind of picks fun of some like um, American mascots. Yeah, like mm-hmm, like Ronald McDonald and Burger King. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I know for a while it was one that kind of I won't say had been banned. Uh, in the USA, but maybe some people in corporations have found problematic. So it took a while to get the unexpurged version released. So that's another one that it's on my list, and I just need more time because there's so many comics I want to read, and that's one I'm definitely interested in at some point. Um, another Marvel I did was Mighty Avengers Volume Three, and it was one I thought I had read, but when I was checking my Goodreads, I hadn't actually read it. Um, this is by Al Ewing. And it's issues 11 through 14. It's kind of the original sin and uh, arc of Mighty Avengers. So the roll call for this one is Monica Rambeau, Sam Wilson, Luke Cage, Blade, She-Hulk, Jessica Jones, Blue Marvel, White Tiger, and Power Man. And this is obviously not the Luke Cage Power Man, but the one who came later on. Um, We find out that Deathwalkers, these are four immortals who had once fought the uh, Mighty Avengers back in the 70s. I didn't even know there was a 70s version of the uh, Mighty Avengers. Are back. Um, Papa Cage was a member of this original Mighty Avengers, as was Blade. So they face off with the the Deathwalkers, and they team up with their 70s version. Uh, The baddies kind of Voltron, and the goodies kind of Voltron, and the Avengers win. The... Flashback stuff I really like. The cosmic stuff honestly wasn't quite to my taste. This kind of thing where they like psychically merged I thought was a little bit weird. This wasn't one I got out of the bargain bin, so I don't mind it. Uh, I'd probably pay the price of an issue for it. Um, might be one I would say, once again, check out from the library. Check it out on the app. Maybe don't buy. Okay. Another one I read recently is Ninjack. It's alright. I mean... I read it and it's pretty basic. There's not, there's a bunch of other comics and it just has not many original ideas. I'd say it's alright, but from what I've read, I wouldn't recommend checking it out. Okay. Um, one I got from Big Army 5, our buddy Kirk Spencer was the professional GoGo 13 by Takeo Sato. Uh, he gave me issues 1 and 3, and this is basically about how the British are trying to prevent a war. With Perón, the president of Argentina, and um, they want him assassinated. So Duke Togo is hired to be the man on the mission and go and assassinate him. There's a nice amount of pol- uh, political intrigue. There's a good amount of action. I definitely think it's worth picking up if you find it on the cheap. Uh, not sure if it's been collected or not. I know there are definitely some digest size collections uh, that are out of print from Viz of Gogo, but. It's fun, political action stuff. I'd say yes if you find it. Okay, another comic I've read is Skybound X. It's made by the company Skybound, which um, is owned by Robert Kirkman. I was misled to believe it was actually like a homage to it since it's 30 years. It's more of just like free comic book stay though, okay. stuff, though. It's just like previews for other comics that are coming out. And the only really, like, new thing is Rick Grimes 3000, which oh. is just, like, a little mini-story. It All of the previews are good, of course. I mean, it's, it's Robert Kirkman. It's great. But for $5 and how short it is, I would not recommend picking it up physically. That's one of those bummers because I think both you and I have pre-ordered the entire yeah, series. Yeah, we've ordered all of them. 
so we're going to be reading these for a while. Um, it's Jack Kirby month. Uh, that's one thing we've been celebrating on Twitter. And the one Jack Kirby that I got read in time for this is Omac. And it's the first eight issues of the DC series. And Buddy Blank is a fella, and he gets transformed by Brother Eye into the One Army Corps. And this dystopic future deals with concerns such as the super-rich versus the have-nots. Uh, it has these builder friends that are literally that. They're these body parts that you build into a friend. There's these body banks, kind of like the movie Get Out, where rich folks are paying to have their minds placed in younger bodies. Uh, these, these sickies that are kind of mutated folk that live in the subway tunnels. Uh, there's a Dr. Scuba. Uh, he's one of the villains towards the very end of the series. And his thing is he's going to steal all the Earth's water and sell it for a king's ransom. It has really great art, and it, it was an interesting take, I think, on dystopia. But uh, sadly, it ended very quickly. Olmec only lasted eight issues, and Kirby didn't even get a fan, uh, chance to draw the final cover before the final issue was released. The one thing I think that's uh, cool about this is, uh, well, there's many things cool about this, but another thing I think is really cool about this is uh, this was originally a plot for Captain America that he wanted to do the idea that, like, what would Cap be like as an old man? And it didn't work out at Marvel, so he brought it over to DC, and we got OMAC. And to me, this is really great stuff. Even though there's dangling threads that never got finished, I would say it's a definite buy it now. If you have the app, read it now. Good stuff. One I've read is Spawn Universe, which um, recently just started. It follows like multiple universe spawns like meeting each other through villains and situations. I have only read a few like older ones before this, and it felt like culture shock seeing it because the art was much greater, the story was much greater, and I can see how much Todd improved over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of the complaints for like the old volumes I had are gone. Like I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Cool, yeah, I really am excited about, um, especially, I don't know if I love the the name She-Spawn, I get it, it's kind of a play on, like, She-Hulk, but uh, that one looks like that's going to be great, mm -hmm. and I'm super excited for a Gunslinger Spawn, it looks like it's going to be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think, one, I read this go-round, actually knocked it out today, uh, getting ready for the show, because I thought maybe Jack could give some input on it, I know he read it on the... App. Shonen Jump app is Mashal, Magic and Monsters. I'm probably going to butcher his name, uh, but this was volume one by Hajime Komoto, and this is a Viz property. Uh, <clears throat> so it kind of starts with this 75-year-old man and his son, and this Regro and Mashburn dead, and they live in a magic realm where not everybody is uh, born with magic, but if you don't have magic, it almost kind of makes it you think early on that they kind of get rid of you, almost like there's a you know, you either have magic or you're out of here. Mm -hmm. um, so his dad kind of is protective of him. It reminds me of Sweet Tooth where like, hey, you stay put so nobody will find you. But, you know, Mashville doesn't listen and he goes to town because he's always eating cream puffs. Mm -hmm. And every time he has cream puffs, it seems like it's like he's going to get into trouble with them or something. But um, he goes to town and, of course, he runs into... Some police officers, bad stuff happens, they follow him home, and he ends up getting sent to a uh, um, wizard academy, and 
so you kind of got this like almost Harry Potter kind of thing, but you almost also kind of have like the My Hero Academia thing where you got this kid where he has to work that much harder because he doesn't have magic. Mm-hmm. So he's like super muscular. His dad had made him train over and over again because he didn't have magic to work with, so he had to be able to protect himself. But it turns out he doesn't need magic because he's like ridiculous. Like there's this one scene where they're like, hey, learn how to ride a broom. He just chucks it as hard as he can and then jumps on it, and that's how he flies on a broom. He literally flings himself onto a broom he's thrown into the air. And I don't know. I thought this series was a whole lot of fun. It was actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Definitely one I would say pick up. If you're not reading it on the app, you should should have the app anyway. The app is two bucks a month. I always say this is the best deal in comics. Go sign up for Shonen Jump. Anyway, it's more than just a Harry Potter spoof. What do you think? I thought it was very good. One interesting thing about it is about halfway, because it realized it was going to keep going in the magazine, it decided to go more towards like a serious thing, like Naruto or something. Sure. Because the unfortunate truth is that gag manga don't last that long at Shonen Jump. Okay. Like High School Family, it's my favorite series running. I think it's only going to last like three more volumes. Okay. Um, so you'll kind of get a transitioning period halfway through the series where it turns more into serious, but it's just as good, just a little bit different from the beginning. Well, I'm really excited. I've, it's one where I've been putting off reading it on the app because I wanted to read it fresh in the volume with a big chunk of it, but um, I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Uh, did you have, I think, one more book that you hadn't done uh, yep. covered yet, and that was Drifting Classroom. That was one I've read the first volume of, and I really liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time with it. It follows a bunch of students that um, go to class, <coughs> and one day, because of some unfortunate events, they are stranded from like the rest of the world. And it follows after that, like sort of Lord of the Five situations, with um, like them fending to survive. I really enjoyed it. Um, all of the scenarios felt good. They never felt too long or too short or like the perfect length. Um, one of the main features of it is the expressions for the art. Like besides the very detailed backgrounds, the bodies are pretty like basic, but the expressions are very well illustrated, and they seem to be like one of the main focuses of it. Um, my only gripe is that near like the middle, they just start throwing out like monsters and stuff. Just randomly. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of weird. But it gets cool. Like, he starts getting good at, like, making them. It just kind of, you think it's just going to be, like, normal. And then all of a sudden, there's just this giant bug monster that's Nice. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was the, the one thing I remember really being struck by when I was reading it is it's really violent and dark in, in spots. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then, it, like, 50 pages later, it's not like the scary adult trying to stab little kids over rolls. It's like this bug monster, like, be careful, the bug monster's coming. But yeah, I've only read the first volume. That's another one I want to read more of. And that was another one we picked up from the library. So So, ultimate conclusion, Drifting Classroom is is a yes? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, so the last one I've got, and I think the last one of our night, if you're done with everything, mm-hmm. is uh, kind of topical. Jack and I, the other night, watched The Suicide Squad. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. King Shark was great. John Cena as Peacemaker was great. Harley got to shine. 
I haven't finished Birds of Prey, but I, I'm telling you, this was the movie that Margot Robbie and Harley really deserved. Um, if you haven't watched Suicide Squad, you know, try to either get to the theater if you feel safe going to the theater or check it out on HBO. Really good stuff. What did you think, Jack? Great, yeah. So, in, inspired by that, I, I've been sitting on this trade for forever. It still had my bargain bin sticker from um, Books a Million on it. And that was uh, Suicide Squad Trial by Fire. This is their first volume, and it covers the John Ostrander, Luke McDonald uh, series from the 80s. Now, this was one... I actually had issue one as a kid, and issue number six, the famous one of with Deadshot, you know, with uh, Enchantress in his sights... And, you know, I had one in six. And the reason I had one in six is because I didn't have a comic book store as a kid. We had, like, a gas station we would go to before church or after activities that were at the church. And so I would just pick up what was there. And so sometimes you might not see an issue for months. Uh, and so, yeah, I picked up the ones I could find. But I always liked Suicide Squad. So I was excited to read this. covers Secret Origins number 14 and Suicide Squad 1 through 8. So uh, the team for this one is Deadshot, Flag, Amanda Waller, Boomerang, Black Orchid, Enchantress, Nightshade, Penguin, Nemesis, Bronze Tiger, Plastic, and Mindboggler. And I, th I think that's everybody. So it starts with the origin, and that's from the Secret Origin issue, uh, about the special squad that was formed. And they both mostly were kind of like just fighting weird monsters. Um, but somewhere along the lines, one of them fell in love with another one. They kind of splintered the group, and in the middle of finding out about all this stuff, uh, two of them died facing a Yeti. So Flag was a member of this original group, and he went on with Waller to form Task Force X, also known as the Suicide Squad. And this was a group that Waller put together with uh, Ronald Reagan's permission. Their first fight is an extremist group, the Jihad, and it had been infiltrated by their uh, members Nemesis and Nightshade. In this storyline, we get a traitor and a death, and that's one thing that's really different here is, you know, in the series, they have, like, these kind of things around their arm that'll explode, and in the movie and in the more recent versions, there's, like, a, I think, a, is it a bomb in the back of their neck? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and so it, instead of uh, having the bomb in the neck, they had, like, a thing around their arm. I'm like, if you've got a traitor, why didn't they just blow their arm off? You know, the Manda Waller, that's what she would do now, but in this one, she didn't. Uh, next up, the squad faces off uh, against the female Furies. This is a hangover from uh, Le the Legend miniseries. G. Gordon Godfrey's in Belle Reve and Darkseid sends the female Furies to get the uh, G. Gordon out of uh, out of jail. Uh, then they face off against this right-wing Aryan, and basically the job of the Suicide Squad is to discredit them. Uh, the last mission in the trade is helping a Soviet escape the USSR, and it, they just go through the ringer in this one, almost barely make it out of there alive. The Enchantress absolutely goes bonkers, and Nemesis ends up being permanently captured by the Soviets, permanently, at least through this volume anyway, and hopefully that's something that gets resolved in the future. Last issue is kind of a character study. Madame Xanadu makes a cameo, and uh, we find a little bit more about Deadshot and how he dates than I really needed to know. Uh, this is definitely another buy. Um, I actually read it in the mix between the trade and the app. 
So it's one that I would say pick it up or read it on the app, but very good stuff. So is there anything else you want to talk about, Jack, tonight? Nope, that's it. So I just want to say thank you to Weird Warriors Pod and Max because I know they gave us a plug on Twitter the other day. So thank you so much for that. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at IWasJoe. You can find the show at 21SinBoys. And you can find Jack at... InGarlic. At InGarlic1. Awesome. So thanks for listening and you guys have a good night. Good night.